Don't be alarmed. The quasi-shimmering light before you is a trans-dimensional gateway to other worlds, other voices, other thoughts, and other realities. Up feels like down, and down feels like the number seven on a Wednesday morning. Don't worry. That quivering, blood-boiling sensation under your eyebrows is all a part of the charm. Welcome to the PCC Multiverse. And we're back with the show. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. As an individual who tries to go ahead and do the best things that he can in life, it's always good <laughs> to try and keep your promises and keep your word. My word's my bond. Try to do what I can to go ahead and back up what I say. And last month, I had a great conversation with my good friend, and I told him, anytime you want to go back and come on back and join me to go ahead and share some additional thoughts on, again, two legends of the industry of pop culture passing and some thoughts on on some lists that he wanted to go ahead and drop, you can do it anytime. Well, life got in the way for a few weeks. But he is back to go ahead and share his thoughts, additional thoughts, on two celebrities this year that really just uh, hit home for him as far as their passing here in 2022. And that was Jason David Frank and Kevin Conroy. And here today to go ahead and share some lists with both those guys and the great things that they contributed. It's a good man indeed. you got to go ahead and catch him anytime he's here or at the Lakers fast break. It is TJ Johnson. And TJ, great to have you here, my friend. Thank you. You wanted to share your thoughts on this. I know this is something, again, that we, you know, no matter how many weeks it would take, we wanted to go ahead and get get them on recorded. So I wanted yeah. to hear your thoughts, yeah. my friend, on these lists that you had of, of both Jason David Frank, who most people remember from his time as one of the Power Rangers, the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and, of course, Kevin Conroy, one of the iconic voiceover actors of this or any other generation <laughs> thanks so much for allowing me the uh the forum to speak on this and yeah man uh you know this has been you know we thought 2020 couldn't you couldn't get much worse than 2020 right we had covid kind of knocked us off of our game for a bit there and then we had a lot of uh of deaths of uh, of people that you know we might might know or might not have known personally but knew of you know, then 2021 came and you're like, okay, well, it can't get much worse. And then up oh, 2022 said, hold my beer. And here we are it, it, within the last few months of 2022, um, talking about the passing of two icons in the industry, two of, of the, uh, the most biggest, those two of the biggest names that are in Comic-Con, uh, two of the biggest names in their respective uh, mediums. And it was tough for me personally, just because it makes you look at your own mortality from the standpoint of, you know, we were kids when these guys were, were big time and now both of them have passed on. Uh, I'm, I'm 38 this year. I'll be, you know, I'm, I'm closer to 40, obviously, than I am 30. And it's like, my goodness, time waits for no person. So in trying to celebrate the life that was Jason David Frank and trying to celebrate the life that was Kevin Conroy, two beautiful souls who are gone too soon. One uh, through a, a tragic battle with, but quick battle with cancer and another one through um, suicide. I wanted to talk about some of the things that made them so impactful to me. So I, I have two lists, top five Kevin Conroy moments, top five Jason David Frank moments. Now my top five list is gonna be skewed to my viewpoints and 
what I uh, appreciate the most out of these characters. And it could differ from yours as the listener. Um, so, you know, please, this is not an all-inclusive list. This is just, these are just the top five moments that meant the most to me. So I'd like to start with Jason David Frank. So my top five Jason David Frank moments. My number five was the moment Jason gave his shield to Jason, Austin St. John, in the show. I, I remember that episode. It was during the Green Candle issue where powers were draining because of the green candle that Rita Raposa had made. And once the candle went all the way down, uh, he would lose his powers forever. And in order to kind of preserve and to pass, his, he passed his shield on to Jason. And I thought that was the coolest moment because you had two characters in Jason and in Tommy who were both trying to do the best they could for their respective, for their team, uh, but didn't necessarily go about doing it the exact same way and didn't always agree on how to do it. But in this moment, you can see Tommy grow as a character, you know, and, and actually give his powers to Jason, allowing Jason to save and, and, and be the hero that he needed to be, but preserving Tommy's powers as well. So it was a big moment if you look at how obviously Tommy started off to where they were at that particular point. They had some growing to do, and they did. Uh, so that was a big issue for me. Plus, it was just really cool to see that gold on the red. I thought that was just, that was a, a game changer for me. My number four moment is when Tommy comes back to unite the team uh, of red Power Rangers. It was pretty cool. I think it was there in Time Force, if I remember correctly. Oh, no. No, no, no. It was Wild Force, not Time Force. It was Wild Force. Mm-hmm. So in Wild Force, they had uh, the, the, the all the Red Rangers come back. And, of course, they had Tommy uh, come back to lead them all. Now, Tommy was, for people that did not know, he was the Red Zeo Ranger. So Zeo Ranger number five um, in Power Rangers Zeo. Uh, um, and when he was brought back to lead this team, but one, there was not going to be a better, the only other person that could have led the team maybe better would have been Austin St. John, as far as I'm concerned, but that's just because he was the OG Red Ranger. It doesn't change the fact that Tommy is the OG, OG Power Ranger that everybody is going to default think of as the Power Rangers. When you think of Power Rangers, you think of Tommy. Uh, so it made perfect sense. So I thought that was a great uh, a moment. It was great fan service because as as somebody who always wanted to be the Red Ranger, I always wanted to be the leader. But I was all always crazy about Tommy. So even as the Red Ranger, you know, I kind of I kind of got to have the best of both worlds. So that was a lot of fun. Number three uh, moment for Jason David Frank as Tommy uh, was actually recently found him on Bat in the Sun, and is when he, as the White Ranger, fought Scorpion. Now. To 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 kind of go to kind of give us a little backstory here. Bad in the Sun is a is a uh, production channel that's on YouTube that does all these non for profit uh, short films, short sequences, whatever the case may be. And this particular sequence they had did a vote for the White Ranger versus Scorpion, who would win. And of course, they had Jason David Frank as a guest panelist on it, which I thought made perfect sense because okay, well, yeah. You know, they're going to talk to the White Ranger. They're going to talk to Jason David Frank about it. I It did not dawn on me that he would actually be the one behind the mask. And so they're going through this fight, and I'm seeing this guy move, and, and I'm hearing all these familiar sounds that Jason David Frank would make, you know, during the Power Rangers episodes where he would, you know, throw kicks or throw punches. And I'm hearing all these familiar noises, and I'm like, no, there's no way. And then at the end of the fight between him and Scorpion, where he ultimately defeats Scorpion by stabbing him, through the face with the 
you know, spoiler alert, he does beat Scorpion. He stabs him through the face with his uh his his sword, and then they reveal it to actually be Jason David Frank. I I lost my mind. I'm thinking this guy is in his 40s, uh, absolutely killing it still, still to this day as a Power Ranger. Um, I just thought that was the coolest thing. Number two would be that same channel, Jason David Frank once again, but this time returning as the Green Ranger and fighting Ryu from Street Fighter fame. Uh, I thought that the cinematography was great. I thought that the choreography was awesome. And then come to find out that he had a broken foot when he filmed the choreography to see how tough he was to still stick all that out. I thought it was great. And personally, it gave me my absolute favorite iteration of the Green Ranger costume ever. Anytime I think of the Green Ranger costume, I now think of the way it was done with the Bat in the Sun production. So, oh, really cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I mean, the the, the dark green along the sides, the way the helmet kind of had the, the silver, which they've done that before, but it just looked really cool. The shoulder pads, the gauntlets, everything just looked awesome. Like, if I were to ever buy a Power Ranger costume, that would be the one I'd get. But my number one Jason David Frank moment, and this is kind of cheating because it's actually five. For that entire week, I would run home from school, dashing to the to, to my door just to get upstairs in time. My brother would already have it turned on, ready to go, just to see Tommy give each and every one of those Power Rangers the business for five episodes. I'm talking about when he jumped into the Megazord and laid waste to them, it was just... It was the epitome of musty TV, and I was stressed out for the whole week. I was a freaking third grade stressed out because the Green Ranger was giving the Power Rangers straight business. But it was in moments like that that really captivated who the Green Ranger was to me. And it was just this, this guy that he looked like the Power Rangers. He moved like the Power Rangers, but he was a bad guy in it. It was actually kind of cool. Like it was, he wanted to be the bad guy for once. I never wanted to be the bad guy in anything, but I wanted to be him in that moment because he was just so cool. Jason David Frank and his iconic portrayal as Tommy. I would hope that over time continues to overshadow how he passed, the circumstances behind his death, whatever else was going on in his personal life. He was an incredible incredible icon to me growing up as just uh never never quit never surrendered he still fought um even when he was losing his powers he would fight and i just thought that that was such the coolest thing and that's that's how i'm going to choose to remember uh jason david frank uh, so that's my top five you're listening to the pop culture cosmos don't touch that dial wait do, do people still use dials you've heard others but nothing could prepare you for the shameful stupidity that is the Jock and Nerd Podcast. Here, Imran. So if you offend everyone at once, it all it's a wash. I've covered everybody. Anthony. Sorry, I was texting. Say that again. And Rug Boy. Yeah, whenever there's a snowstorm, my slack hole tightens up. As they talk over one another. Just exactly uh, the same as, Jay, as Terminator. Terminator. We're talking over each other. It's fine. Sorry. Swear and ask you for money. Just give us the money. The Jock and Nerd Podcast. It can't be silly, goofy fun. Uh, Jock and Nerd. It's pretty good so far. <laughs> I can't. I don't know how I could beat that, but... Yes, as a recap before we give it on to Kevin Conroy, can you just recap the five real quick? All right. So number five was when he gave the shield to Jason. Mm-hmm. That was an incredible moment. That was in the green candle. Uh, number four was when he led the all Red Ranger team in the uh, Forever Red episode on Wild Force. 
Number three was when he returned to the Power Rangers, in a sense, uh, and he took on Scorpion uh, in the Bat in the Sun production. Number two was when he did the same Bat in the Sun productions, uh, but he actually was the Green Ranger versus Ryu. And then number one was his day, original debut in Mighty Morphin Power Rangers as the Green Ranger when he was literally wrecking shop to the Power Rangers for five episodes straight. It was just nonstop green, 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 just giving them the straight business for five episodes. It was great. A great list indeed. Once again, it's TJ Johnson. He is back to share his thoughts on the late Jason David Frank and, of course, the late Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy was truly an icon in the world of voiceover talent. I know you have some great thoughts, especially as his roles in Batman, but I want to go ahead and uh, turn over to you once again with your thoughts on some great memories and a list that you have on Kevin Conroy. Oh, goodness. All right. So Kevin Conroy is is a slightly tougher list for me because his, Mm. his iconic work stretched for decades i mean the animated series started in what the early 90s yes and we're even still going to get a a a treat in hearing his rendition of batman one more time in the upcoming suicide squad kill the justice league game um so it's his 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 performances span so much further so it's it's much more difficult for me to give a concise list of my top five moments but I told you I would, and I am going to do just that. So, whew, number 10, or I'm sorry, number five, forgive me. Number five for me is when it was actually announced that he was going to voice the Arkham games, I remember where I was when the Arkham games first released. It was, it was, night. it was not 1999, excuse me. I was working at GameStop, and I was working at Costco at the same time. Uh, I was doing early shifts at Costco, so I had to be there like 4 a.m., but I also had to do the midnight launch for Arkham Asylum. Wow. And didn't feel bad about it. So I did the Arkham Asylum midnight launch, went home, and instead of going to sleep, decided I was going to stay up the whole night playing Arkham Asylum. Because I'm like, what's the point of going to sleep? I got to be back up to be at work at four. I'm just going to stay up all night. His portrayal of Batman has been nothing short of legendary. And knowing that he was going to be the voice of Batman in this game, in a, in a game that ultimately why not to redefine the superhero genre in, regard, in regards to video games, period, uh, was just an incredible, incredible moment. Just hearing his his Batman deliver lines that I'd only heard through the animated series. It was just an awesome, awesome, awesome experience. So that's my number five. Number four for me, and this is actually a really kind of off the cuff, in, in Justice League, I want to say it was Justice League Unlimited. It might have just been Justice League. I'm not sure if it was Unlimited or regular Justice League. But Wonder Woman had been turned into a pig uh, in this episode by uh, Cersei? Cersei? I can't pronounce her name. I think it's Cersei. I think it's Cersei, too. But she was turned into a pig by Cersei. And in order for her to be turned back into Wonder Woman, he had to give up a secret. Kevin Conroy, I'm sorry, Batman, couldn't sing. And he's seen this crazy rendition of Am I Blue? And it was, it shocked me because I'm like, I just didn't know. I mean, he has a very uh, croony kind of voice. I, I guess I kind of presume he could sing. Most voice actors are, are, are able to train to at least be able to carry a tune. But 
I was shocked he could sing. So I thought that was really cool. And it was kind of off the cuff way for Batman to still save the day without throwing a punch. I thought that was really cool. My number three moment for him was actually when he played a live action version of Batman, Bruce Wayne, uh, on the CW. Uh, they had the Arrowverse Christ on Infinite Earth crossover event, and he actually got to play a version of Bruce Wayne, but kind of, you know, in the future where he was a recluse, he had an arm, but he was still just, he was kind of a recluse. And it was kind of cool that he actually got to portray the character he's been voicing for so long, but in a different way. Um, I thought that was actually pretty, uh, I thought that was pretty special. My number two, I can't believe I'm already down to number two. My number two was when he returned to the role to be uh, the, the for Batman Beyond, when he was uh, as the aged Bruce Wayne, which obviously made sense as he got older, he was able to kind of portray that voice a little bit uh, in a more gravelly tone and a little more nuanced. And he had been uh, a little weary. So it was kind of cool to see him age in that way uh, see his character age in that way that we have all kind of grown up watching, but to still see him usher in a new uh, Batman for uh, for that generation. I can only hope that they do the same thing with Michael Keaton with DC. I know they've shooken everything up and, you know, Henry Cavill is not out of Superman and I don't know what they're doing, but James Gunn has a plan. So we're going to just ride with James Gunn. But I'm hoping that because of how good the animated series was, we get a live action rendition of Batman Beyond. And that's only because of how good Kevin Conroy was as Batman yet again. So my number one, my number one Batman moment, or my number one Kevin Conroy uh, performance is that in Justice League Limited, there was a particular episode in season two uh, titled Epilogue. And it was the, the finale to not just the series, but the the Batman Beyond and the animated universe that they had set up as a whole, but it was focused on Batman and his legacy. And Ace, the uh, the young lady, was a member of the Royal Flush Gang. If you guys have watched Batman Beyond, you, you'll know what I'm talking about. And Amanda Waller had created a weapon that could kill her before her powers would ultimately end up destroying the world. What Batman ended up doing is he volunteered to be the one to do it but he chose to peacefully sit beside her and listen to her final thoughts instead of killing her off and i thought what was so poignant about this is that we remember we we think of batman as the crime fighter we think of batman as the one to throw punches and to strike fear into the hearts of criminals all over and be this terror but it, it, it sometimes falls in us that batman is still tragically scarred you know, he, he was a little boy when he lost his parents and he still is not over that trauma. But to see him be able to do completely switch gears, almost very similar to the way, you know, he sang for Wonder Woman um, in that episode. But to see him switch gears and show a tenderness um, that he very rarely does, but show a tenderness to this particular uh, person as, as she died calmly next, holding his hand. Um, I thought that it was just a, a, a absolute masterclass in showing character nuances and layers. Um, he gave us a layer to Batman that I really didn't know was feasible. Um, and I thought that was just such an excellent portrayal by Kevin Conroy. I thought the, 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 the way he delivered lines was perfect. I thought the, the, the 
the quietness of the scenes were perfect. And that's just as much a credit to the animators and to the storyboard drawers as is to Kevin Conner and his performance. But that was my number one, just because it was such a different way for Batman to to handle a situation. And, and it was a way that you don't typically see him do with criminals. Um, I thought it was very, very touching and very, very appropriate considering he is Batman. He is, but he, uh, is. he is Batman. He is Batman. But a number, uh, a number one with the asterisk by it, or number one A, if you will, was when he actually said the line, the iconic line, "I am vengeance. I am the night. I am Batman." And that was during the animated series when he had been fighting Scarecrow and he got hit with the fear gas. And I think the episode was called "Nothing to Fear." Mm-hmm. But he actually iterated those lines. And those lines are iconic to this day. Again, you know, that's what they used to announce that he was going to be in the Suicide Squad game. Yeah. Um, that line was just so perfect and so well done. And it just, it, it, it still will make the hairs on the back. It would make my hairs stand up on my head if I had any. Uh, so I'll, I'll settle for the back of my neck. Uh, <laughs> but uh, just an iconic line from an iconic, iconic voice actor who has gone way too soon. He still had so much more to give. And I'm, I'm, I'm grateful that he voiced so much of uh, what I got to enjoy uh, growing up and uh, into the, the future as well. So, Two great performers gone way too soon. And you're right, we will get to see one last opportunity to hear the great voice of Kevin Conroy when Suicide Squad Killed the Justice League does come out. Before we head on out, my friend, 2022 has been an interesting year of pop culture. And I wanted to throw this at you as a surprise because I like surprising <laughs> sometimes my guests because it throws them off, but always in a pleasant way. Okay. Let me know some of the best of pop culture for 2022 for you. And then if you have any time at all, some things that really stuck out to you is like, oh man, this was some trash. So let me know your best <laughs> and your worst of 2022 in pop culture. Oh man. All right, I'm going to start with my worst of 2022. And we're obviously going to... Because it sticks out to you the most. See? Yes. You can't do a best without a worst. You can't do a best. It's like, you know, Alpha and Omega, you got to have one with the other. So funny that stuck out to you, the bing, the worst. Oh, yeah, immediately, immediately, immediately. The worst thing of 2022, pop culture-wise, was Dwayne Johnson as Black Adam. Really? Wow. Yes, he was terrible and i absolutely love 97 percent of the things the rock does 97 percent of the things the rock do i am all in i i call him my cousin he's a johnson i'm a johnson granted that's like the number one last name in the the country but whatever uh that's my cousin however his portrayal of black adam was really just for the rock being the rock but i was really hoping to see a more nuanced performance from him i was really wanting this to work i really wanted it to work and after watching or attempting to watch the movie multiple times it just it just didn't do it for me man just didn't do it for me so that's that's my worst now the best part of 2022 Ooh, man that's that's a little bit harder. I'd Interesting chew what on stuck out with you this year. Yeah. Worst, man. Well, again, right away. The oh, best. Yeah. yeah. The best I got to think about, but that was by far the worst thing. Uh, I thought 
I thought the best thing. Okay. I think the, the, the best part of 20, the best thing pop culture wise of 2022. <laughs> this is kind of funny. The best part, and this is the best part in the worst way. The best part of 2022 has been watching this fanboy war between Sony and Microsoft over Microsoft's acquisition of Blizzard. I cannot believe how petty, how petty Sony has become in this fight, but they've been here for years. If you look back at all the releases for Call of Duty, they always had stuff on PlayStation. So now we're going to be concerned that Microsoft has the ability, the ability to do the same thing that they've been doing for the last upteen years. And Microsoft has never once complained, never once said anything about it. Now Microsoft's going to turn around and buy Activision Blizzard. And Sony's like, nope, nope, they're not being fair. They're monopolizing. They're doing blah, 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 blah. When the truth of the matter is Microsoft has made it very clear that they have no intentions on stopping Call of Duty on any platform. In fact, they want to bring it to even more platforms. And Sony being Sony is just as big. Nope, I've put my foot down. I do not want it. And I, I will fight tooth and nail over it when they have never actually been able to say, besides the fact that it's Call of Duty, why it's not a good idea. If Microsoft has turned around and addressed your concerns, each and every concern, why is it still a problem? I think that it's a... Uh, it's 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 the best because it it really does show the ecosystem of video games in a nutshell, right? Like I want my cake and I want to eat it too. Sony wants to be able to be the big bad on top. They want to continue to dominate the sales as far as software is concerned. They want to continue to dominate the sales as far as gamers' hearts are concerned. And when Microsoft starts to make some headway or starts to do something, Sony's like, nope. Nope, nope, we're not going to let you do it. I refuse. I refuse. I'm putting my foot down. I need the government to step in and say and it is just it's it's fun to watch. It's disturbing because I, I do enjoy Sony product, but I have literally stopped purchasing things on Sony's platform because of this. I, I really I have a hard time. I have a hard time giving them my money. It took everything to buy God of War Ragnarok. It took everything. I literally sat there with it in my cart for about three or four days because I just did not want to give Sony my hard-earned dollar. I just feel like they just, they, they really don't deserve it. And uh, it's been, it's, it has been fun to watch though. It's been fun to watch the back and forth. And it's like Sony's being all aggressive and, and Xbox is like, yo, we're just, we're just trying to bring games to everybody. Like I'm, I'm trying to be cool with, with everybody. You just don't want to, you don't want nothing to do with it. So it's like, it's like Chicago Cubs fans versus mm -hmm. White Sox fans. Chicago Cubs, they're just fans. They're just there to have fun. White Sox fans can't stand Cub fans. And they always want to throw out how bad Cubs fans or how bad the Cubs are. Okay, well, we're just here to have a good time. You worry about if we're good or not. We just want to party. And putting it in perspective, how many world championships have both won? <laughs> uh, Cub won many. one. Cub won one. I think the Sox won one too. It's not it's not very many. Yeah, not a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, it's not very many. No, yeah. no, no, no. So, so <laughs> it's a whole lot of suckage. Argue? It's yeah. a whole lot of suckage, is what it is. Yeah. So exactly. But why that's the thing, are both mad Cubs fans don't. Cubs fans don't argue. We just want to go to Wrigleyville and have a good time. But Sox Absolutely. fans don't like Cubs. <laughs> and remember, this is all over when it comes to the fight between Sony and Microsoft. This is not not over the World of Warcraft library. This is not over anything at Blizzard. This is not over. 
Overwatch or anything like that. It's just over Call of Duty. It is funny to watch this whole Dell scenario shape out as far as this continued fight. But my friend, it's been great having you on. Any last thoughts on the year before we head on out? You know, Gerald, I, I feel like we I feel like I've said this at other end of year uh, recaps that we've done. And uh, again, I'm grateful that you even allowed me on this to uh, have a platform to say it. But uh, brother, if the, if we learn nothing else over these last few years, man, just tomorrow's not promised, man. Tomorrow is not promised. If you have an opportunity to do something today, there needs to be a sense of immediacy in everything that we do from telling people we love them, forgiving people, giving an olive branch where an olive branch may not have been available before, extending yourself. Just if you want to go do something, go out and do it. Don't wait, man. Tomorrow is is, is not promised. And, and we're not guaranteed another second on this earth, man. Just take each and every opportunity. Kiss that girl. Tell her you love her. Take chances. Live life. Live life and, 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 and do unto others as you would have others do unto you, man. Just... Just be a good person, you know. If we could just all do that everywhere, that'd be great, man. That'd be great. Twitter, all of it. Just be good people. Forget all the extras. Just be good people. Would be nice indeed. But once again, my friend, <laughs> it is TJ Johnson. Just been so great speaking to you about everything pop culture and a lot of basketball stuff in between over, of course, our two shows, Pop Culture Cosmos and Lakers Fast Break. But just been awesome. I'm wishing you a, a blessed 2023 for you and the family and continued success. And I look forward to more great conversations in the world of pop culture coming next year. Thanks, brother. You got it, my friend. Once again, it's TJ Johnson. Look to go to have him back on whenever he can because his invitation <laughs> always stands. The red carpet is always open for him right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. And if you're ready to talk toys, I haven't stopped talking toys. Let's get to it. It's the Jay and Rob Toy Show, and we're back for season two for 10 more episodes of Toy Talking Goodness. And this time, we talk Marvel figures, we talk DC figures, holy grails, playsets, what if scenarios, and so much more. But we're not alone. We've brought a few friends with us this time. All that, and of course, our action figure spotlight. So check out the Jay and Rob Toy Show season two, exclusively on Jinx Esports TV. Canada. And we're back with Pop Culture Cosmos. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. Thanks so much for watching and listening. It's almost the end of the year. The end of 2022 is here. And you know, I could not end a year of pop culture without a good friend coming by to talk about the best in television. She's been here all year long. Why not bring her in here to share her best of 2022? Plus, we're talking Wednesday on Netflix. We're talking The White Lotus on HBO. Some Also, some cancellations, a lot of cancellations on HBO and more. It is a good friend indeed. you got to go ahead and check out what she's doing today at the mother-daughter-ish podcast it is don fobs don wishing you and your daughter the happiest of holidays and welcome once again thank you so much thank you i'm excited <laughs> exactly indeed i know you've been traveling a lot of places spreading the good word of the mother daughter-ish podcast doing what right? you can know you've been very busy truly appreciate you taking the time to speak to me 
First thing I wanted to ask before we get to, on the back end, your best of for 2022, I wanted to talk about the White Lotus, which just ended this latest season. Just ended. Are we and, doing spo- are we doing spoiler alerts? Well, it's been a couple of weeks now, so you know okay. if you want to talk spoiler alerts, anything of that nature. I know 1923 on the Paramount Plus and Paramount stations just went crazy as a predecessor to Yellowstone, earning over seven million viewers. The White right. Lotus also captured the attention of so many people out there with its ending of its climactic season. It's obviously got a bright future ahead for a network that's really in a state of flux because they've canceled a lot of shows recently, even shows that they had already renewed for a second season or a third season. They've actually canceled those, upset a lot of people. But the one thing that they haven't upset people on is the way that they've ended this season of The White Lotus. Yeah, you know, I'll tell you, when I first saw White Lotus, I was like, oh, yeah, I like this show and I like the characters that were in it. Now, when I heard them say that they were going to do different characters each time, I was like, I don't know. But I kind of like the way they ended this one and let us know, okay, even when it comes back, there's going to even be different people. I was a little shocked with the way the ending happened, just simply because it was just... It was just so I was looking at it going, oh, they're playing checkers, not chess. I mean, they're playing chess, not checkers. It was so mm-hmm. well crafted that I was like, oh, OK. It, it shocked me. Did, it, did the ending shock you? Because I wasn't expecting that to happen with Jennifer Coolidge. I wasn't. I wasn't prepared. <laughs> but, you know, I wasn't expecting it. It was actually kind of a nice. Uh, well, it wasn't. OK, a nice surprise. Per se. It was it's was great that they surprised the audience yes. in that way yes uh yeah. and jennifer coolidge you know you see her all now as far as the all in the old navy commercials she's now really getting really a, a yeah. yeah she's getting a, a revival actually she's always been there as a character actress especially right. since you know as, as right. mom in the american pie movies she's you know she's gained a notable stature but she's had a regular career since but this appearance yeah. is in the white lotus and how she stand out the whole yeah. cast it's been something that has resonated with an audience uh, the way that Westworld was supposed to resonate in a post Game of Thrones world, you oh, know, no. it, and it took a, it took a, uh, actually a, a predecessor of Game of Thrones to actually recreate that audience. And it's also taken the White Lotus to bring that audience even more. Yeah, when you said Westworld, that just kind of broke my heart because when I tell you on that first season, I was so in, I was like, this is my type of jam right here. By the second season, I was like, okay, guys, don't jump the shark. Don't do it. By the third season, I was like, what just happened? I mean, it's like, it's like, I feel like I lost my show by then. Mm-hmm. And now I have no encouragement to even go back and figure out what happened. I'm just kind of like, okay, never well, mind. Neither did HBO because so- they canceled the show. Exactly. But I'm just telling you, if they would have just stuck with the momentum of one and build from that, somebody got the wrong message over there and they messed up our show because it was really, really a great show. I mean, I almost didn't even watch it. But then I was like, what what do they mean Westworld? Because I never saw the old school one. I never knew there was a a Westworld from back in the day. I didn't even know anything. Brenner as an old movie. Yes. Yeah. I never even knew about that. But then I said, I'm going to give this new one a chance just so I can figure out what this is all about. 
second by the second season i was so disappointed and i loved all the characters that were in it as well so i guess hbo figured out they had to do what they had to do because not only is it about ratings but it's also about the chatter that you hear online when you go to those different sites and you look at what people are saying and they all kind of because i went and read some of the comments because the comments are where just it's lively over there Mm -hmm. and just people saying like after season two you messed it up but the white lotus has captured the attention. It is HBO's hottest show. Uh, I know they've had some hits and misses so far this season. Yes. And one of them is the White Lotus. Your thoughts on where the White Lotus can continue? Of course, they're bringing in seemingly a new crew because it seems like, yeah, yeah, a a different season, a different cast of characters. I kind of like that. It's a fresh concept because, in fact, it won't leave you with these these storylines that have to be lengthened out over seasons and just try to, you know, go ahead and try to do what they can to draw them out. Your thoughts on the white Lotus before we head over to Netflix. Well, at this point, I kind of like the idea of them bringing in new characters. I feel like it gives it a fresh view. I feel like if they don't continue with the mystery, like again, I was a little bit shocked with the ending, but happy that they gave me something to go like, (gasps) You know, I can't wait till the next, you know, third season. Yeah. So I think if they continue to bring in those new and they got to bring us characters we like, though, because like if we if we don't get characters we like, we're going to be out. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how they're going to craft this third season, how they're going to capture our attention even more. And this time with season two, I'll tell you the first two episodes, I was just kind of like, come on, come on with it, come on with it but it was a kind of like giving us a little bit of character of what was going to happen in the end. But I didn't know that until the end, I think it was season three, they're going to have to go in on season three with the excitement all the way through, because if it starts off boring again, I just don't know because the first two episodes I was dragging to finish it. But by the time it got to the end, I was like, can't wait till the third season. So I'm hoping with the third season, they come in with a good bang with some great new characters. And I'm excited to see where it's going to go. I would also like for them to maybe sprinkle in a couple of characters from the first season in some kind of way, not in a major way, but just like how, you know how they make it like full circle where they get away from some of the main people, but then bring them back and sprinkle them in. I kind of like that too, because it it makes me remember how I I jumped into that anyway, because I never would have known about White Lotus, except I was curious, like, okay, what's Jennifer Coolidge playing in now? And then it just caught my attention. So I hope that they come in with a bang on season three and just give us everything, you know? Well, I tell you what, again, uh, this is one show that they aren't going to mess with because it is getting the numbers for them right now. Unfortunately for a lot of other HBO shows, like I mentioned before with Westworld, Minx, which had already been renewed, Mm -hmm. Love Life, several others that have been canceled in recent weeks as HBO Max Discovery. They're all still trying to sort things out for their, one big happy family they're going to have next year when the merger finally completes itself on screen. Right. But they're getting rid of a lot of shows, some of which, again, that they had already previously already renewed. Mm-hmm. It's kind of troubling to see where it's at. But then again, with shows like what we see with the White Lotus, at least with some of them, they are getting it right. Right. They are getting it right. Um, I know you and the I, dragon before it, so. I was just about to say, I was glad that you brought up uh, Game of Thrones earlier because that house of dragon really went off with a bang. People loved yes. it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Absolutely. Indeed. I but, know another show that you like that's going to be ending uh, is Atlanta. They're going to be ending. So I know that was a very, very, very popular. Yeah, one of the most one. critically acclaimed shows in its run. That'll be ending. 
that's more i think of a donald glover thing than i think yes, uh I think so he's, so, he's one of the most extremely talented individuals in entertainment he wants to do <laughs> obviously sounding like he wants to do different things he's had I'm a great sure. show he's had a great run all the stars there on that show have gone on to bigger and better things anyways so it's yeah. almost like uh, at this point atlanta is like okay do we really have enough time to go ahead and create great content for atlanta it right. seems like after four seasons they don't so i'm just four seasons yeah good, exactly and snowfall just announced its sixth and final season on fx right. Uh, right, some things right. going on there as far as that great run i didn't know if it was six i thought it felt to me like it was four wow. i just thought well you know it just seems like time has gone so by i remember re, you know actually catching that show in its first couple seasons and how captivating it was and all of a sudden you know time goes by so fast it's gone right. in six seasons so we'll right. see what happens with that going forward but i like but, when they go out on a high though don't you yeah absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely I could just see like the cocaine flying all over the place in the middle of a gunfire <laughs> as the as the credits roll on that one. There's kind of like no a Miami feeling. Vice thing. So oh. like the end of like the ending of a Miami Vice, you know, type deal. That would be kind of yeah. funny to see. But uh, I will say though, not that I'm condoning any cocaine usage out there. No, Please, but that's everyone. just the way the show goes, you know. Exactly. It's called snowfall for a reason, but for a reason. And it's not because it snows there all the time. Because no, I was I think no. I was a little dumb in the beginning thinking that. Yeah. But you know, uh, they also decided on not doing the um bat Batman is a Batman and Batwoman. Bat so are we losing do you think it, we're losing that whole franchise of the Batgirl, Bat Batwoman? Well, the DC scope is changing place. Now that J James Gunn and Peter Safran have taken over, they've talked mm -hmm. about how well, first of all, before they even got there, the decision was already made financially to not go forward with the Batgirl movie, even though it's actually already completed. Right. And just was waiting to be released. And that was uh, clearly a cost cutting issue. But mm -hmm. with Peter Safran and James Gunn now leading the DCU in the past mm -hmm. uh, few weeks, they've made some changes. Henry Cavill is no longer Superman. There's rumors Gal Gadot may not return. Jason Momoa, this is going to be Just his last time around. As, yep. Yeah. Jason Momoa, is, this is going to be last time around as Aquaman. He's already been told. May come back as a Lobo character. We'll see. But black adam when it comes to dwayne johnson he's mm. already just announced today that he will not be a part of the first chapter of the dcu and that he may may or may not come back really so, yes so yes uh, he just said that he was told that he's not going to be part of the first part of this new rebooted dcu when it starts up but he said he may be coming back but we'll see i don't know the underwhelming returns of Black Adam may prove otherwise because it only made $400 million at the box office, which is not right. a great number for a $200 million film. But, no, you know, no. again, when it comes to HBO, DC, we're going to see a lot of changes there continuously as, it, as the merger finally completes itself and next year becomes HBO Discovery. Thanks for checking out the PCC, you know, the pop culture cosmos. We'll be back in one moment. If you're in the Las Vegas and Henderson areas and are looking to buy, sell, or trade the best in classic or current video games and pop culture collectibles, there's no better place to go than Retro City Games. From Xbox to PlayStation, Nintendo to Atari, the great crew at Retro City Games provides the best place to go for all your gaming options. Stop by their two awesome locations in Henderson 
and also the Las Vegas Strip, or follow Retro City Games on Facebook and Instagram for all the latest deals and new items. Without a doubt, there's no better place to go for your gaming needs than your friends at Retro City Games. One network that is not having as many as issues is, of course, Netflix. And Netflix is still 220 million subscribers strong. They're still uh, doing what they can to produce content. The content yeah. is not overflowing with greatness uh, or all over the places as it once did. I'm, but I will it. say there, there's it. still a good amount of stuff that's coming out. I think all yeah. these streamers yeah. are, are pulling back on the amount of content that they're putting out there. I think it's something that the, I don't want to say the streaming bubble has ended, but at least it's not heading in the right direction. I will say, yeah. though, for Netflix, you are still getting some good stuff from time to time. And every, while everybody was expecting The Crown to be a hit, which it was, and Henry and Meghan to be a hit, which Harry and Meghan was, nobody, hey, I you, think, did expected... You, did you watch the Harry and Meghan? No, no, because it really doesn't interest me as much as, you know, I think a lot of others that are captivated by what goes on with, with you know, the royalty and all I that. I wasn't captivated, but I was quite curious because I wanted to know what were they going to say that they hadn't already kind of sprinkled out into the public or that they said on Oprah. Hmm. And honestly, I watched all, I think it was four or five or six, whatever. I watched them all on Saturday. I think it's six episodes. If I'm not yeah, I watched them all on set because they put out three and then they put out three. the other ones on Thursday or Wednesday or something. Anyway, I watched all of them and there was nothing new that was told to us. There was nothing new that we hadn't already seen sprinkled. There was nothing new that they said. And so how they got a hundred million dollars, I will never know. Uh, there was nothing unique about the uh, production value. Um, I quite didn't understand it. The only thing that I felt a little something in me about was uh, the way they said that they connected. The wedding, of course, was, you know, magical and all of that girly stuff was great. But I didn't learn anything new that I was like, oh, I did not know that. Oh, they've made a, a, a real staple in the community or they've done this wonderful, great thing. It was it was fluffy. Well, I'll tell you what wasn't fluffy is the surprise hit of Netflix, and that is Wednesday. And yeah. I feel oh, like doing the TikTok dance now. I feel like doing that TikTok dance that they're doing now that, that's been recreated that's so viral from the series. Wednesday oh, no. has been an absolutely huge hit. It's bordering on Stranger Things numbers as far as the numbers that it's doing. It has absolutely been a colossal hit for Netflix, something that has come out of left field, a big surprise. I'm sure they thought good things for it, but I didn't think they were thinking that it would be this big of a hit for Netflix. So without further ado, adieu, that's terrible French right there for you. Without further ado, I want to hear your thoughts on the best of television for 2022. Okay, so um, we know we know White Lotus killed. We already know that. Oh, yeah. Um, I will tell you a show that I didn't think I could get into, but it was quite delightful. Um, the Impress on Netflix. Mm -hmm. I like The Impress. I like kind of like the old, you know, mid. I like those type of movies, Kings and Queens and Empress and Emperors and all those type of things. The Bear. You know, we cannot leave any show without giving accolades to Abbott Elementary. She just got an award that they just announced today that she's going to be receiving for best 
breakout star of 2022 shows or something like that. It's going to be coming to her. Mm-hmm. So we can't leave a show. And I'm telling you, I can't even go to or leave my mother's house without her talking about it. So I know <laughs> that is top of mind for most of the people that are out there. Um, and the bear, when it comes to the bear F on FX, something that did get a lot of acclaim. Yes. It's not first of all, don't read it by its cover, the bear. It's FX and, much... and, and Hulu. It was on Hulu as well. Yeah, absolutely. FX and Hulu. When it comes to the bear, don't read it by the sheer title and say, Oh, it's a bear show. It ain't good. But I did. That's yeah, what exactly. I did. I almost missed out because I was like, yeah, I don't so... want to watch about a bear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's actually a show behind the scenes as far as a restaurant tour, the cooking industry, the whole uh, ins and outs of it. It gives a, a sort of enlightening behind the scenes type feel of it. So really right. intriguing about the highs and lows of what goes on in the restaurant world. Your thoughts on it? Again, I was one of those people, like you said, you look at the name of it and you go, no, I'm not interested because I remember that silly movie that Leonardo DiCaprio played in with that one bear. And I was like, I'm never watching another movie with a bear, but <laughs> I'm glad I changed my mind because this one actually ended up being pretty good. I had to actually tell a few people about it and they were like, you don't watch that kind of a thing. And I'm like, but I'm trying to tell you that was the thing. Watch something that you normally don't watch and you'll see that it's not that bad. Like, for example, I fell in love with Money Heist. I fell in love with Money Heist 2 and 3. Then, you know, they had the spin with the one in Japan. And then they had another one, La Casa La Papa something. I'm enjoying each one of them and going, okay, I was a little spoiled with part one, two, and three because I really fell for those characters. But now the the renewal of it with other countries, I'm kind of finding it interesting. It looks very interesting indeed. Definitely. It is. It keeps you on your toes. Yeah. And the Money Heist has been really, really a, a good series, a productive series, a very popular series worldwide for Netflix as it has gained more acclaim and more notoriety throughout the mm-hmm. season. So yeah, definitely something that a lot of people latch on to. I know you and I have talked about a lot of series over the course of the past 12 months. Is there mm-hmm. any that really stick out to you that you haven't mentioned so far? Well, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, Stranger Things came back with a bang this year, and I'm looking forward to come back with another bang coming up. I hope that they don't fumble that show. I would, I think of all the ones we've mentioned today, uh-huh. if they fumble that one, I'm going to be more upset than I was with Westworld because that show took me four times to watch it. The first time I turned it on, I was like, uh-uh. Second time, I was like, too demonic. Third time, I was like, I don't know who these kids are, but I like Winona Ryder. <laughs> Fourth time was a charm and I focused and I looked and I saw all the symbolism and all the, and it got my attention. I hope they do not fumble that show because it is a masterpiece as far as the way they put the show together. Uh, Dead to me, like I just mentioned a few minutes ago, that one, I wasn't sure that it was going to keep going and keep going and keep going, but it came back and it kept me just as delighted. They kept a little mystery with it trying to see if I could think of anything else because there was something we mentioned a few months ago that mm-hmm. was quite interesting, but I don't remember what it is right now, but I like the way they keep sprinkling in on, uh, particularly on Netflix, they keep sprinkling in their original programming. And every now and then you'll find one or two that are like really good. Cause I've like been spending a little bit of time going through and looking at original programming, like see the title and go, I would never watch that. 
Um, the Christmas movies have delighted this year. Lindsay Lohan was in a movie on there uh, this year. And I've liked that girl since she was a child when my kids used to watch on Parent Trap and all of that. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know what she's been through in the last 10 or 15 years that she hasn't really been on the scene, but she really came back with a bang and showed us why we love Lindsay Lohan, no matter what in the world she's getting into. But she came back with that Christmas movie and it was just as cute as all the Christmas movies you see on Hallmark and, and um, Lifetime and all of those movies. She really came back really good. And I've seen a couple of Christmas movies and a couple of comedy shows and some things that Netflix are doing in the last 30 days that I'm just kind of a little bit delighted with and not, not sad at all. <laughs> It's been entertaining, to say the least. A lot of good productions out there. A lot of good quality television, in my opinion, has appeared so far this year. I think that I know in the video game world, a lot of stuff has been delayed to next year, but I can't say the yeah. same for television. A lot of television has actually appeared and been a great part of what we've seen so far in the past 12 months. Yeah. I, before, you know, I mentioned some of mine that are in the running for the best of pop culture. I'm not going to say which is the best or anything like that. I'm just going to say I had some great times watching. I mean, is there any hopes for anything in 2023 that you're really excited about? <laughs> Don't kill me, but I'm hoping Manifest will turn itself around because right now, it's giving me the jump the shark type of feeling. And I don't like that because I've really grown to really like them. But so that I, looks like it might be the end for them. This is supposed to be. I know, but you know, they sometimes them. get that revival that I'm, I'm actually being hopeful for it, that it'll get a revival. Cause I'm, I'm discovering people who just found it and they're on season one and they're like, why did this leave, you know, off the, the regular TV? And I'm like, I don't know, but I think it's the same reason it's going to end up leaving Netflix. Um, I mean, it, people are watching it on Netflix. It did appear at number yeah. one. It debuted on number one. Oh, on Netflix, yeah. But, but oh, NBC, yeah. it just never clicked with that audience. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, I'll tell you something that debuted last month. And I, every time we talk to me, I always <laughs> I always mention this because my favorite actor is in it. But Sniper Rogue came. Mm -hmm. And that was when I had been waiting to um, come back to Netflix. And my favorite actor, Dennis Haysford, is in it. And mm -hmm. so Sniper Rogue was very, very, very interesting because I don't typically watch those kind of shoot 'em up type of movies, but I like this storyline that they had in this one. And there was a little love scene and all that. So uh, that kind of caught my attention, but I'm looking forward to Stranger Things coming back with a good bang. Uh, oh, you, Y-O-U, I'm looking for that. I, they tricked me so good. They said it was going to come back in like March or April and then they gave us a trailer that says, oops, we'll be back in February. So if they're not back in February, I'm going to start to side eye a little bit. But I I feel like, um, just in case the powers that be are listening, the time from when you show you and when you show the next one is just way too long. A year and a half is way too long because I start to forget about it. And what's happening is that I end up having to go back and watch the last two episodes of the last season so that I can refresh my memory. So like when you comes back in February, if it comes back, I'm going to have to go back and watch the last couple of few episodes because there's too much gap in between uh -huh. to keep that same excitement, especially when they were supposed to come back in March or April and then they kind of just gave a good trailer to say oh no we're coming you're just gonna have to wait a little longer so i am looking forward to you while you okay fair enough yeah. some great selections there for you she's been incredible as always those are her picks for the best of 2022 and what she's looking forward to in 2023 but before we head on out yes. 
you have to go ahead and give us an update on your awesome show, your awesome program, <gasps> the Mother Daughter Ish podcast. So please yes. elaborate as best you can with okay. what you and your daughter are up to at the Mother Daughter Ish oh, podcast. We are having so much fun. This month, I dedicated it to all about travel, you know, things we've learned, wins, warnings ideas, every place that we've been going to, places I've been to over the past several years, just talking about travel. The reason why we made December the theme month for travel is because we actually kicked off a travel group. And the travel group was the International Ladies of Purpose. And so we are going to now be traveling with some of the mothers and daughters that we are meeting along the way of this journey. So as we are traveling, I decided, okay, I'm going to make December. We went on our first trip last week, which was to Tulum, Mexico. Had an amazing time teaching business principles, all these type of things. And so this month I said, I'm only going to be talking about travels, you know, different places that I've been to, what I've learned from going to those places, wins and warnings and all of those type of things, educating people on why it's so important to get out and meet other people in other countries. Other than that, I'm looking forward to January. We're going to be talking about how things are made. So we're going to talk about things like how glass is made, how cars are made, just the intricate parts of how things are actually made. Like we see these things, but we never put a thought into, I wonder how is that made? So I've been to a lot of different factories and things to see how things are made. And so I'm going to be talking about how things are made, who made them and how that idea came into their system. So other than that, we're just looking forward to a really great 2023 with not only our new travel group putting together, but just topics we can talk about and meeting more people on the road. That sounds awesome indeed. Please, yes. if you get a chance, you can go ahead and check out all those awesome episodes. The entire library is there waiting for you. And of course, all the great upcoming episodes especially dedicated to traveling and all the great yes. things that she's talking about her and her daughter, please go ahead and check out the mother daughter ish podcast today. You'll be glad you did. Right. I'll tell you what, Don, I wish you and your daughter the happiest of holiday seasons and wishing you blessings and good tidings for the new year and lots of television watching as well. Of course, lots and lots and lots. <laughs> Absolutely, indeed. But hopefully we can get you back on in January, or early February, Absolutely. whenever it is convenient for you to come on. You know, the red carpet's open for you to always give us updates right here at the Pop Culture Cosmos. Thanks so much to T.J. Johnson for stopping by on the program, for sharing his thoughts on Jason David Frank and Kevin Conroy. Plus also as well, Don Fobbs from the Mother Daughter-ish podcast. Truly appreciate her thoughts on the best of television for 2022. Speaking of best of, it's our best show of the year coming up on Monday when we've got the best of pop culture for 2022 as Melinda Barkhouse Ross and myself, we go over the best of the best in pop culture for 2022. So looking forward to that on Monday. Plus also as well on Friday, <laughs> it's the worst of pop culture plus what are we looking forward to the most in 2023? That's coming up on Friday to end the year for pop culture in 2022. So for Josh Peterson, Melinda Barkhouse-Ross, and myself, Gerald Glassford, it's another beautiful holiday right here in the PCC Multiverse. Thank you for listening. And here's hoping you have yourself a truly Merry Christmas and a great holiday.
Ho, 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 ho.